0: you for joining the adult study guide podcast this quarter we are studying the first 14 chapters of the book of acts in a study entitled the power of the holy spirit through the churches during this study we will observe how the holy spirit worked through the churches in jerusalem to spread the gospel of jesus christ to the world so grab your copy of the winter 2022 through 23 adult study guide and your bible and follow along
1: Today's lesson for December 11, 2022 is entitled, The Holy Spirit Empowers the Churches. It comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, and verses 14 through 18. The key verse, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. The application is, the student will conclude that the Holy Spirit came to empower and guide the Lord's churches in their work until the end of the church age. Seeking the Context Someone asked me one time, why do we have so many different kinds of churches? My response was, bad interpretations of the Bible. It is one thing for us to misinterpret tax laws or a roadmap but it is altogether much more serious to misinterpret the Bible. It has eternal consequences. If we do not interpret the Bible correctly on salvation, then we could be guilty of leading people to eternal hell and be lost ourselves. Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. Furthermore, the Bible has one correct interpretation, that of the original authors who were inspired by God. People have said to me that there can be more than one correct understanding of a particular Bible passage. This is not true. I cannot interpret the Bible my way, and you interpret the Bible your way, and we be both correct. We may both be incorrect, but we cannot be both correct. It is our responsibility to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing. The Word of Truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 There is likely no Bible passage that has been misinterpreted more than Acts chapter 2. We have the wrong interpretation that Acts 2 is the birthday of the church. The first church was founded by Jesus Christ during His personal ministry, and we can see it at work in Acts chapter 1. We also have so much confusion about the gift of tongues that comes from bad interpretations of this chapter and in this lesson we will apply our hearts and minds to search for the correct understanding of this gift. Acts 2 contains the marvelous miracle by the Holy Spirit which enabled members of the Jerusalem church to speak in foreign languages that were understood by various people there that day. What happened then is nothing close to the heresy often referred to as the modern tongue movement. Some say that if we pray hard enough and long enough, we can have the day of Pentecost repeated among us today. This day was a one-time event, not to be repeated. There were semblances of it in the days of Acts. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, chapter 10, verses 44 through 48, chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, but nothing to the degree that was seen on the day of Pentecost. Do you know someone who claims to be able to speak in tongues? What do you think about speaking in tongues? Searching the text. Number one, the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set on each of them. The day of Pentecost was the day that the Holy Spirit came to empower the Jerusalem church and subsequently all true churches to carry out the work of witnessing. It was the fulfillment of the promise of the Father, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. It was the inaugural day of the New Testament ministry of the Holy Spirit as God's primary presence with us and in us. The day of Pentecost was a festival day in Israel. It occurred yearly, 50 days, Pentecost means 50, after the Sabbath day of the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, week, Leviticus chapter 23, verses 6 through 12. It was one of three annual feasts for which the Jews were required to travel to Jerusalem, Exodus chapter 23, verses 14 through 19. The period between Passover and Pentecost was called the Feast of Weeks, Exodus chapter 34, verses 22 and 23. And Pentecost was also called the Feast of Harvest, Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. All of the feasts of the Old Testament point to Jesus Christ. The first great feast, Passover, pictures Jesus Christ's death on the cross as the Passover lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 5, 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7. The Sunday following Passover was the Feast of Firstfruits where, when the Jews were to sacrifice the firstfruits of the harvest. Leviticus 23 verses 10 and 11. This feast points to the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the Sunday following his crucifixion, who is the first fruits of them that slept. 1 Corinthians 15 20. Pentecost was also on Sunday and a first fruits feast. Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 20. It prophesied the coming of the Holy Spirit as a sort of first fruits promise of believers' resurrection and eternal inheritance. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. First fruits were always sacrificed to the Lord as Christ was sacrificed for us. But when the first fruits were sacrificed, the Lord promised Israel a bountiful harvest. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. We also see approximately 3,000 souls saved on the day of Pentecost as the beginning of the bountiful harvest of souls the Lord would provide Acts chapter 2 verse 41 that harvest of souls continues today the church was assembled with one accord in one place verse 1 the first part of this phrase speaks of their unity the second part speaks of their being assembled in church capacity the events of the day of Pentecost were events for the Jerusalem church not just individual believers it occurred only in the house In which the church was assembled. Thus, only these believers of the Jerusalem church were baptized in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I sometimes struggle to differentiate the work of the Holy Spirit in individual believers and in churches. All believers are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, always having his presence within them. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But when a church gathers, the entire church is immersed in the presence of the Holy Spirit because the assembly is made up of Holy Spirit-indwelled believers. This is why great things happen in church gatherings. The day of Pentecost was a once-for-all event, and the result is that all true churches have the immersive presence of the Holy Spirit each time they gather. The Spirit made His presence known by the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Verse 2. Both the Hebrew and Greek word for spirit can mean breath, wind, or spirit. This is not the first time the Spirit has been compared to wind. For the Lord said, being born of the Spirit, salvation, is like blowing wind. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. John chapter 3 verse 8. The Spirit also made His presence known visually. These cloven tongues, like as of fire, that set upon each of them, Acts chapter 2 verse 3, represented the Holy Spirit's giving the Jerusalem church the gift of tongues, which we shall see in action in the next section. How would you describe the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? and in the church of your membership. Number 2. Speaking in Tongues. Acts chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Too many missed the main point of the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came to give churches witnessing power, Acts chapter 1, verses 4, 5, and 8. This is exactly what He did. Because this was the day of Pentecost, Jerusalem was packed with people from all over, Acts chapter 2, verses 9-11. through 11. The Holy Spirit gave the Jerusalem church utterance in languages these people could understand, not nonsensical gibberish, so that they could hear the gospel and be saved. Indeed, many of them were, verse 41. The Jerusalem church was baptized with the Holy Spirit's presence, verses 2 and 3, and then filled with the Holy Spirit's power, verse 4. A distinction should be made here. The baptism with the Holy Spirit was the act of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. Their being filled with the Holy Spirit was their obedient response to the Holy Spirit's presence. We are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. And being full of the Holy Spirit describes someone who faithfully obeys the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Acts chapter 6 verse 3. Chapter 7 verse 55. Chapter 11 verse 24. The baptism with the Holy Spirit grants the power which being filled with the Spirit unleashes. Because of so much confusion regarding the gift of tongues, we must understand what the Bible says about this gift. First, the gift of tongues ceased at the end of the apostolic age and the completion of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 8 through 10. No one has the gift of tongues today. Second, this gift was given as a judgment against Israel for rejecting Jesus Christ and for a sign to unbelievers and not to believers. 1 Corinthians 14, 21 and 22. Speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost indicated that the gospel was going out to all nations and not just the Jews. Finally, speaking in tongues occurred rarely in Scripture. Mark chapter 16 verse 17, Acts chapter 2 verse 4, chapter 10 verse 46, chapter 19 verse 6, and 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14. It was not a common occurrence among the churches. Just because we do not have the gift of tongues today does not mean that we have no power for witnessing. In fact, we have something much better, the completed Holy Spirit inspired Word of God. It has pages and pages of material for use in witnessing for the Lord. Although we are not given the ability to speak in multiple languages, We have multiple opportunities to share the gospel with all the world. We have phones for calling and texting. We have the internet for sharing on social media. We have a mailing system for sending letters. And we have cars that can take us to a neighbor's, friends, family, and co-workers to share the gospel with them. How does the Holy Spirit empower you to witness? Number three. Peter explains. Acts chapter 2 verses 14 through 18. But Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, for as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, for I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. As the Jerusalem church shared the wonderful works of God, Acts 2:11 11, with the people who were gathered on the day of Pentecost, the people were all amazed and wondered what all this could mean. Some doubted, while others mocked. The mockers accused them of being drunk. Interestingly, Paul would later write of speaking in tongues, Will they not say that you are, are mad? 1 Corinthians 14:23. He also said, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And these members of the Jerusalem church were not drunk, but filled with the Spirit. Neither were they mad, because what was really happening was the fulfillment of prophecy. Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, stood and boldly proclaimed the Word of God from the prophecy of Joel 2, verses 28 through 32 in Acts two sixteen through twenty one. The phrase the last days, Acts chapter two, verse seventeen, was a familiar Old Testament expression. The Jews knew well. It referred to the coming of the Messiah connected with God's judgment and setting up of the kingdom of God. What the Old Testament does not make clear, but the New Testament does, is the long interval between the two comings of Jesus Christ. The coming of Jesus Christ as the suffering Savior ushered in the last days, Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. The first part of Joel's prophecy, Acts chapter 2 verses 17 and 18, was fulfilled in the days of Acts. The rest points to the yet-to-be-fulfilled tribulation period at the end of this age. This age of witnessing continues until the second coming of Jesus Christ. That great and notable day of the Lord, Acts chapter 2 verse 20, when he will set up his millennial reign in Jerusalem. The point Peter is making here is that Joel's prophecy had begun to be fulfilled. The prophetic fulfillment was set in motion with the coming of the Holy Spirit. We live in the time that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, Acts chapter 2 verse 21. The time is coming when people will no longer have the chance to be saved. Therefore, it is even more urgent that we take advantage of every moment in this age of witnessing before the Lord returns. How much urgency do you put on your responsibility to witness to others? Setting the Application It is important for us to see and understand that the day of Pentecost was the day that the Holy Spirit came to give power from on high, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, to all churches for witnessing. Sometimes people mistakenly think that witnessing is to be left to the professionals, pastors, and missionaries. This is not true. We are to be like the Jerusalem church when they were later scattered by persecution and went everywhere preaching the word. Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. Saints are to be equipped and sent out with the gospel to share with all the world. The coming of the Holy Spirit and His giving the Jerusalem church the gift of tongues was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. Can we also fulfill prophecy in our lives today? Yes we can. Particularly Jesus prophesied in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14 and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nation, and then shall the end come. By witnessing for the Lord, we are fulfilling this prophecy. Are we doing that? What are some ways you can be a witness for the gospel?
0: Thank you for joining us in another lesson in the Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue going through Acts 1-14, through observing the power of the Holy Spirit through the churches. Until then, join us daily for our daily devotionals at www.bogardpress.org.